0: Secrets from a Coach. Thrive and maximise your potential in the evolving workplace. Your weekly podcast with Debbie Green of Wishfish and Laura Thompson-Staveley of Phenomenal Training. Debs.
1: Laura, are you alright?
0: Yeah, I'm really good, thank you. Episode 85, this one is. I know, it's not
1: bad, is it? It's whizzing past, is it? <gasps>
0: you're looking good on it. Yeah, thanks, you too, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> the wonders of an audio podcast. <laughs> what have you been up to this week what's been on your radar
1: so I have been doing lots of one-to-one coaching and um, which has been great and getting people to think about how they manage through change Um, I think also thinking about the whole workforce so from you know early starters into their career to those that are coming to the end of their career which is our topic of conversation for today Um, yeah so a real mixed bag actually which has been fabulous because um, they've been rich conversations that have been coming through so really powerful
0: I've had a real varied week I've been doing a bit of self-study myself um, about neuroscience and learning getting a bit of uh, up to speed on what latest research is around how to get the best out of our brain. So that has been absolutely fascinating, which, again, weaves quite nicely in with our topic of conversation we're going to have today. And and I'm still buzzing, you know, from a couple of sessions that I ran the other week for a group of apprentice um, lawyers. So uh, people who are either um, recent graduates or apprentices. And, oh, my goodness, it was such an amazing... Vibe and energy and buzz in the room I'm still kind of lifted by it it was really exciting oh well
1: and I think that sort of feeds in really nice we got some amazing feedback from somebody we've been working with um, and she's okay from us to give her a bit of a shout out she sent across some feedback Um, so this is a shout out to Nicole and Paige from Rush at Horsham Um, they have been using our podcast with their team to create the right culture and to create the way we communicate as a team so as you can imagine they've got you know, they're Saturday people that come in that, you know, first jobbers ever. And they've been using the podcast to be able to create from what we're sharing with them, um, some of their team meetings. And it's changed the culture of how they're being and how Nicole and Paige are, you know, are really, really just embracing everything about being great leaders and bringing their teams with them. How fab's that?
0: That's amazing. Oh, that's so amazing. And I think, Debs, what just makes kind of the world of learning and development so inspiring is... Often it validates your gut feel. And actually the confidence comes from people thinking, oh, well, that's sort of what I do. I didn't realise I was doing it properly. And then you're sort of free to just crack on and, uh, you know, listen to your intuition, balance with a bit of data. And I just think, it, oh, that's amazing to hear that. Good on you. Because, you know, when the student is ready, the, the teacher will come. You know, that it's learning and development. is just sometimes right place, right time. But the change is in us when we then Put that kind of thought into action. Yeah. And I
1: think that. Ties into what you know Shona obviously who we had as our guest speaker last week um you know she posed that question didn't she to people or, or set the challenge where whoever can drop a note into us the first person to send us an email at secretsfromacoach.ll.com um as to round there uh unlocking their secrets of confidence we would get a signed copy of her book and yeah you know, we had such a good response to it but i just wanted to share with you the first person and i've got it on a timestamp so i know she was the first person was Yamini who sent us in um her three things she does to boost her confidence, which I think is really important for the topic we're talking about today. So her top tips were to prep, prep, prep before she's about to have an important meeting or she's presenting something. Um, she surrounds herself with great people who would give her honest feedback. Um, And she actively what she calls taking an internal check. So she asks herself, you know, how am I feeling? And why? um, How can I do things more naturally that makes me feel good and makes me feel more productive? So, I mean, that was amazing, Yamini. So, thank you. You were the first person to drop us that email. So, you will be receiving a copy of Shona's book um, as well. So, watch that for the post. So, how
0: cool is that as well? So That is you know, brilliant. Isn't that it is, really cool? It's brilliant. And none of that is complicated stuff, no, is it? It's it just, isn't. as Shona was saying, kind of getting your head in gear and making that kind of an intention and just yep. doing what you can to keep focused yes. on what you do want rather yep. than what you don't What you want. don't
1: <laughs> want, <laughs> absolutely. I think you're quite right. And... I know we're going to do something that's slightly different for our pod today because I'm actually going to interview you about a topic that you are so passionate about and you love to bits. And whenever I hear you talking about this, you just go, oh, my God, that makes so much sense. So we're talking about how this this time, this, this episode, we're looking at... Um, how do we inspire others to be more confident and how do we in particular um, create that future world of the next generation workforce? So what are we doing that enables us to get the best out of people as they're coming through into their career? So I just wanted to ask you a question around that, Laura, because you always talk about it and you're always so passionate about it. Um, so the future world of work, why is it important to give that some thought?
0: Oh, well, I think there is so much um, prevalence of anxiety and feeling negative and mental health, we know, is a huge topic of our time. So if there is a sense of worry or fear about the future, and uh, those of us who are in the world of work or plan to go into the world of work, work is a big part of our everyday experience. And if we're worrying about it or have a sense of dread or just feel that it's only downward from here, then at some point that is going to have a knock-on effect on our mental Health. So I feel deeply passionate about doing what we can to enable people to feel just a little bit lighter, a bit brighter, a bit more optimistic about actually if there are decades of work ahead of you because financially you need to or that's just something that you want to do, then, um, you know, that's a long time waiting until, you know, you don't have to work anymore. And actually, there are um, so many opportunities for us that previous generations just wouldn't have had, Debs. If you were born in a Welsh mining village or a mining town in Western Australia... That was kind of your life story mapped out. It took an extraordinary individual to be able to rebel against that kind of career path now in twenty twenty two and beyond, we could be living in one um continent and then working in another yeah that's true <laughs> um and there's just so many kind of opportunities that we have, and I think we're the current, we're the generation that are the ones that get to sniff out what might be some of those opportunities and then uh, you know be decent role models then for those, uh, all those children that are kind of watching, waiting in the wings to go into kind of the world of work. So I think for me, it's such a massive topic. I think ultimately, though, I know you and I have a core purpose of wellness and people feeling good about themselves and good about their future. And I think, uh, yeah, just to, to feel a sense of optimism about the future world of work, I think is hugely important.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I know, um, obviously, I was sort of thinking about, you know, asking you some of these great questions. And, you know, the thing that sort of stood out to me and whenever I do talk to young people, you know, they want to be able to develop those life skills that will actually prepare them not just for the world of work, but when they're in the world of work for the first time. Um, And the things that they always ask about is... How do I develop self-confidence? How do I work as part of a team? So the whole teamwork piece and communications, you know, how can I communicate well, but how can I use the communications that are out there from a technology point of view? So how do we start to even prepare our young people for the world of work?
0: I think it's a great question that we're only at the brink of kind of working it out ourselves, really. But I think that the the key thing is um, we've got a role model what we kind of want. So if we are wanting collaborative, innovative, positive environments, not only for our external customer journey, but also for our internal colleague journey, then we can't just wait for that to happen. And then, you know, then we then sort of change that. We have to role model that. So examples of sitting around a um, a meeting table, if actually no one is inviting the um, next generation Person to come into that meeting in the first place, to um, invite them to share their thoughts, to invite a diverse range of people from different teams and departments around that meeting, then you might talk a good game saying you're collaborative, but you're not actually collaborative in kind of real life with that kind of happening. So I think one of the first things, Debs, is we've got to work out or what what is it that is, is going to be um, linked to success in our industry or our profession moving forward? And what does that mean in terms of role modelling those behaviours right here, right now in 2022? So that that young talent coming into our workplace, the kids that are watching us work from home. Yes, that's pe- true. People can only be what they see. And if I'm sitting there just kind of mindlessly looking at, you know, box set series rather than, you know, and that's the only thing that I do, then guess what? You're going to get a bunch of people that are going to come into a workplace that are going to find it really stressful to stand up and present in front of a, you know, a a room of people.
1: Yeah, because they're not, as you say, they're not seeing anybody do that. So how are they going to learn? And I think that brings me, you know, when I was working in an organisation and somebody, you know, they had a new apprentice join, you know, fresh, if you like, turned up in the office. I was just there as a consultant and I was observing how they welcomed that young apprentice into the world of work. And people just literally looked up from their tables and cracked on with their work. And And this poor kid was standing there looking around going, is anybody going to greet me? You know, what, is that a way to start your career? Uh, I don't think so. So, you know, how can, if we're in that world of work and we see a young apprentice or an intern coming through the door, you know, it is our responsibility, I feel, to welcome them, help them feel like they belong. But what would be your advice to somebody who sees that? How could they encourage that young person to be able to sit around that table and put their opinion across? But how do they enable that person to become part of that team?
0: Great question. Um, Well, I think first of all is to acknowledge that there might be an opportunity. So I I would say um, scan... Who Who is at the meetings that you tend to be at? And if everyone is within a one decade age range of each other, then potentially you're missing a trick. So the wonders about our podcast, Debs, is we can sort of tell it as it is, you know, and talking about age is such a hot potato because it is linked to so many powerful and quite appropriate discrimination laws. But there is a reality around a 22-year-old brain is going to look at a situation in a different way, not only from a bias point of view, but from a cognitive point of view, as in the ability to process that information than um, you know someone who's in their mid 40s or someone who's in their mid 60s. So I think the first thing is to acknowledge. Are we actually bringing a, a wide age range of brain power sitting around that table? Because the younger you are, the more, um, the quicker it is to process lots of new and competing sources of information. Easier, and the older that brain is, the easier it is to bring past wisdom to then be able to prioritize. For example, what might be a great idea. So the the perfect kind of innovation um, setup would be where you have a real mix of ages kind of sitting around that table. Because not only does that bring different experiences but it brings a different brain power to it as well next step then is well how do we invite people to then feel comfortable within that space so first off is inviting people in we run a weekly steering committee meeting and we realize actually we could do with some fresh perspective invite you hands up who wants to come and get involved if no one does go around and ask for some volunteers and then unlike that scenario that you told where someone's just left floundering (laughs) you know (laughs) it's really bad You know, getting up from your chair, inviting people in, great to have you here. My advice always is uh, with a meeting is you get everyone around the table to introduce themselves and then it just breaks the ice. It removes fear of then actually speaking up a little bit later when you do have an idea. And then whoever is chairing that meeting will first off have a chair and the responsibility of that chair is to to check that, you know, there's a wide range of voices that are able to speak and inviting people in to then contribute to a conversation.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with you. And I suppose that's that where we're, if we're looking for that diverse thought and diverse opinion, it's taking maybe a vertical look at the organisation. So it's not just getting the top people around the table to make the decisions for the future. It's actually taking the decision somebody who's a great leader would slice through the organisation top to bottom and go, right, have we got a representative from each of the different levels, if you like, within our organisation that can bring that opinion into the table. So how do how does somebody think about that, even in your family, right? You've got your nan-granddad, great-granddad sometimes, right the way down to, you know, the, your, your child that may or may not just be going to school or in that. How do we encourage, how do we take a vertical slice through of all those different opinions so we can have a great conversation. How do we do that?
0: I love that, Debs. What an amazing visual. And actually the richness that you then have around that conversation is is not only kind of uh, making sure there's diversity across different teams and perspectives, but as you said, that kind of cognitive slice through the different kind of stages and ages and generations that sit within that organisation. And the the reason why this is so important right now in 2022 is, is people are living and working for longer. So already we are, you know, we already work with uh, organisations that have grandparents working alongside grandchildren. So already people are having to get over the fact that they might be line managed by someone that is young enough to be their grandchild, you know, and there are some amazing open-minded people out there who, who are absolutely able to crack on with that. Equally, there are some people we're seeing that are finding that quite a challenge and one of the other challenges that we're seeing as well that i think is only just starting to emerge is there might be some family or homegrown businesses with whom that um, initial team that set it up are now heading towards the twilight of their career now how do you then ensure that that business has legs and is able to develop and evolve and thrive in the next couple of decades ahead. Even though every part of that senior team might be saying, well, we want to innovate, but let's keep quite safe because <laughs> I've only got another five years left. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I, I, I sort of I, I talk a good game about change, but I don't really want things to change because actually too much change at this point now might disrupt the income. Short term, and you know that that's that's quite a uh, that's that's quite a courageous decision as a board team to say, all right, well, we're happy to put in lots of innovation, which might reduce our short term revenue, but long term, we know it's the right way. What happens if all those people sitting around the decision table? I've only really got five. Yeah, that's <laughs> five a good point. Of- <laughs> so I think yeah. we've got a really interesting kind of set of events that the pandemic has fast-tracked as well. Mm,
1: Definitely, yeah, which is Uh, a good thing, I think. It it is, yes. Mm -hmm. It
0: also means that, you know, there's a lot of sorting out that is happening now as a result of that widespread disruption. Also, Debs, depending on the various kind of data points you look at. So the the International Labour Organization, um, the ILO, conducts lots of kind of various bits of surveys and 40 million workers have permanently left the workforce wow by that's choosing, huge by choo- in, in the globe yeah well in in kind of um, uh, uh, countries that are involved in the research by choosing to take early retirement so when the pandemic kicked in thinking do you know what i was i was thinking i might give it another five six years but i'm going to retire now and they've just left the 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 work you know the workforce so we've kind of got not only we got big change in terms of who's doing what and how technology is going to work it out we've also got big change in terms of well where i live in relation to where i work we already work with some clients for whom are fully remote for the foreseeable um and we've also got a kind of a change in demographic from an age point of view um and in the meantime we've got the ticking clock of Mm -hmm. Babies keep getting born. Yeah. (laughs) Kids keep leaving school. Yes. (laughs) And uh, of the school leavers in 2022, um, 20% more than usual are planning to stay on in some kind of higher education to delay going into work because there's been so much disruption. They're not quite sure what they want to do. You've got a whole generation of kids who don't have any A-levels. Yes, that's true. Or GCSEs, true. Yeah, yeah. which were your typical ways to measure yes. how you were against, you know, everyone else. So,
1: so that ability, I suppose, is as a leader or a manager or your team leader, whatever it might be to embrace that and recognise that in the first place that they're going to have to think differently, you know, about how they may recruit, approach, train, mentor, coach. They're going to have to really up their game to be able to still embrace that, that, um, that new workforce that's coming through, isn't it? Rather than we can't work how we used to because that isn't going to work. So they've got to be, you know, smarter at their approach, I think, haven't they?
0: Absolutely. And then of course, that's where the rich opportunity comes from, doesn't it? Because if you literally think outside the box which is well, which is what we've done in our profession for X amount of years or centuries what does this mean kind of moving forward and the people that are responsible for getting us here might not have the ideas to then get us to kind of whatever that kind of new kind of world is so what is inspiring Debs is when you work with organisations for whom have reverse mentoring in place yes that's brilliant I mean isn't it fab you can just yeah. see it's just like it pumps the kind of the, the, the lifeblood around an organisation in one of the quickest ways ways. And just as a uh, kind of a bit of a heads up for anyone who hasn't come across kind of reverse, reverse mentoring. So mentoring is when you support people along in their kind of career journey. And typically you tend to associate an older mentor with a younger mentee. So this is how we did it back in the day, and I'll share you my advice as to how we got there. Um, in the meantime, that younger mentee is Googling <laughs> under the table uh, 10 top <laughs> hacks to get promoted within the first six months <laughs> without breaking eye contact from the mentor across the table who's clueless that they've actually got you know, some kind of implant that's telling them what to do. So actually what, what we're seeing is, is they're really innovative organisations are the ones that then encourage reverse mentoring, which is those who are at the dawn of their career are mentoring the, those who are more at that kind of high noon or the twilight of their career to fast track around that knowledge management around yeah. that organisation.
1: Uh, I think it's so valuable and you know that's when that's what's also important I think to young people is that ability to have the communication and the community aspect to what they're doing so you know they want to be seeing their manager they want to see them being visible which has been really hard you know through the pandemic because everybody's been on zoom or gone teams or they're virtual but I think there's a responsibility and an ownership on the manager to to be that visible presence in that young person's life and you know use the technology that's now available as you said you know gone are the day of sending a fax or sending a letter and waiting three weeks for a reply you know that's (laughs) that was when was that you know but now it's that how do they embrace the technology so that reverse mentoring in theory could be the younger you know gen z millennial gen z generation are so clued up on technology that they wouldn't even think about posting a letter you know or filling out a form (laughs)
0: And yet, Debs, what I think is also empowering for all ages, yep. so that this doesn't mean that anyone over the age of 40 is thinking, oh my God, <laughs> it's like downhill.
1: <laughs> you know, it's uh, so a bit like it, us then, Law. Yeah, exactly.
0: Is <laughs> You never know when something like vinyl is going to make a comeback. Hey, that's very true. So, you know, vinyl <laughs> has just had a huge comeback in yep. terms of those retro things. And, you know, yes. camping, I mean, yes. we've been camping since we, you know, before we invented <laughs> bricks and mortar. So, camping, you know, has never been so kind of hot now in terms so you never know what are those evergreen things I call them that are just gonna stay in fashion forever. For example, my understanding is is that anyone who is now trained in some kind of merchant navy role Part of their training is um, celestial navigation, knowing how to navigate by the stars. Because if, if no one running that fleet of kind of, you know, ships has a clue to do anything other than just follow the sat-nav, what happens if your sat-nav gets, gets hacked? You know, sudden, suddenly you're just a hijack risk, you know, on, on that boat. It's better to not have a human on that boat. So if you want a human on that boat, you want to make sure that human knows, are we going east or west? <laughs> 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 rather than just following the directions. So <laughs> celestial navigation is thousands of years old. Yes. like that's that's a lifelong kind of skill that you never know when, like vinyl, it's going to have a comeback. So yeah. I think there's opportunity for everyone, really. I think so. It's, yeah, that's it, true. Is it, how can we kind of embrace that wisdom that you tend to um, yeah. assimilate the older you get, crystallised intelligence, as it's called. Yes. As it's called. And how do we then co- uh, bring that, collaborate with the fast processing power you get with a younger, fresh brain that doesn't have much crystallized intelligence yet because there might not be many case studies that you know they've been involved with but it's got loads of that fluid intelligence that just that ability to look at something with complete wonder without any baggage without any bias which might mean you get some crazy ideas but then you kind of get the other stage of the creative process, which is you sift out and you refine, you prioritise and you create some kind of action that is, um, you know, not just based on a copy and paste of what you've done before.
1: (laughs) So even more important then, right, to think about how do we work collaboratively across all the generations? So what would be your one piece of advice for somebody out there?
0: My one piece of advice would be to do an OODA. So an OODA, is a really handy um, kind of scanning tool. So UDA stands for observe. So observe. Think about the typical meetings that you're part of or the typical projects that you're involved with and um, just do a scan of what are the differences in ages that we have around us. And actually, if everyone is looking at the same problem with that same kind of... Um, Uh, uh, life um, stage perspective, then you could be missing a trick. So the first thing is to observe. Second thing is to orientate. Is that going to take us further or um, uh, further away to our goal, our desired goal? So if actually we don't want to evolve at all, if we don't want to think about how we can su- uh, be successful and maximise our health as an organisation in all sorts of different ways, then it doesn't really matter who's sitting around the table. But if, if actually there is a motivation and a drive to evolve and thrive, not only kind of from a commercial point of view, but from a health point of view of the people you work with, then maybe it might be worth thinking about what are some decisions? So the D is then the decisions. What are some things that we could do? Who can we invite? How can we welcome people in? What can we do to encourage a wider range of ages to get involved and mix and mingle? There's some beautiful research out there that shows when you have um, younger people visiting, older people in nursing homes... The energy and the cognitive improvement you see in those older people when they get a chance to hang around with people that are younger than them. And equally, that time that someone has maybe as you're kind of at that stage of life to then actually listen to a kid reading yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is invaluable as well. So yeah. we know that when there's a mix of ages, it's it's a win-win all round. And then the A then stands for action. So what are we going to do next? When is the next opportunity that we can maybe invite someone round So observe orientate, is that what we want or not? What are all the things that we could decide to do? And then what are we are going to do to act? And now is the time to do it, Debs, because if we hang around just thinking, oh, well, we'll sort it out next year, then who knows what's around the corner? Because what we do know is life is going to get faster and quicker and more and more change because that's the impact technology has had on yeah. us. Yeah.
1: Wow. That's incredible. I love the OODA loop. And the way you describe it is just brilliant. But I think it, it's that how do we, use, you know, you talking about how do we ensure that we do invite people so we empower people? that we and we to make decisions across the whole spectrum and then that ability to create those networking and the opportunities to learn and grow and pass on that knowledge both upwards downwards, sideways and you know all around really and it's that i suppose it's that bit that says how do we ensure that we're communicating well with our intent and how do we listen well so that we we are understanding from both sides so there's that mutual respect that's going on easier said than done as you said in some cases so it's how do we do that and i think that would be my call to action is how do we enable or start to think about focusing on being flexible and i know that's your foxy leadership mindset as well um law so how do we absolutely encourage more flexibility in our thinking so yeah. what would you suggest?
0: Well, I'd say, um, first off, cognitive flexibility is going to be the hottest thing in the yes, decade ahead. love that. Yeah. Because machines find it really difficult to be flexible in their processing as they're going. So um, problems that are kind of first offs or pioneering or change over time is really tricky to be able to code for that. So that cognitive flexibility, adaptive intelligence, they call it, is probably the sweet spot to be aiming for, which is how do we then develop um, new ways of thinking as the world sort of changes changes around us? We, hence the need for a wide range of people sort yeah. of sitting around, sitting Makes around sense. that um, you know that kind of um, decision. But I think Devs, my my kind of ultimate thing that I, I feel really passionate about is is it is so easy to bash the millennials. And it is so easy to sort of sniff a bit at these kind of, you know, people who, um, uh, what's the phrase, entitlement, you know, with maybe people that are of different generation. But the thing is, the internet is awash with phrases about, oh, you know, how the youth don't understand the problems, you know, that were written 2,000 years ago. So it is perfectly natural for today's adults to feel a bit kind of, you know, shocked and disappointed with this new breed of people coming through. But we have always been shocked and disappointed. yes yeah, that's true. <laughs> (laughs) There's always been kind of, you know, people turning their nose up a little bit at the younger generation because that's what they're there to do. And that's what gets you the disruption in the innovation. Absolutely, yeah. It, it's just now we've got so much social media that we can all be shocked and horrified, you know, by <laughs> you know so much more about all these dreadful young people that are coming in. But i tell you what, Debs, sitting in that room with that new fresh breed of um, legal talent who were all in their early 20s, late teens, oh, it was inspiring. There are so many amazing mm-hmm. young people out there, there are. who are yeah. just on the brink of entering into our world of work. Let's not spoil them, Debs. By just letting them work from, you know, log on to some team meeting every yeah. now and then, and yeah, just not feel like they're part of something. Yeah, belonging is <gasps> so key for our it happiness. It
1: is. Oh my god, it is so important, and the connections that we make, and yeah, and I think you know, just think twice. Actually, yeah, am I including people in everything that we're doing? You know, the inclusiveness is really important around it, and and if you're not then why not? And sort it out is what I would say. Make sure you do it so that you do include. You'll learn something. they learn something. Your team will learn something. So
0: you're all on a win-win-win. So why would you not do that? too right and back in the day Gordon Gecko, Wall Street might have been an icon <laughs> that everyone was talking about when they entered the world of the work that's not so cool now no definitely not <laughs> Greta Thunberg is actually that Absolutely. kind of you know, the equivalent of a role model and that might not work for all of us but nor did Gordon Gecko. there are <laughs> different role models and different kind of yeah. influences and um, isn't that amazing because there's something for everyone and bring it on I say but the it's it's uh, the, the the confidence works it's a two-way street we We need young people entering into the world of work to be equipped with the ability and the frameworks to have the confidence to speak up and say, actually, I've got some thoughts, may I contribute? absolutely. And then we need the other people sitting around the table who maybe have been there, done it, worn the T-shirt, but it doesn't fit anymore. (laughs) 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 Who actually have the humility to kind of go, oh, okay. Yes, please. I'd welcome your thoughts rather than, well, send me an email. Yeah. We've we've run out of time. So um, yeah, I think it's a two-way street. Yeah, I love that.
1: And that feeds really nicely is if we can get that, then we have to think about our topic for next month, actually, which links into therefore, how are we being resilient as we continue to change and things are revolving all around us, which is next month's topic, isn't it, Law?
0: yeah bring it on so what I would might uh, share this the secret for this would be just like we had um, you know some great feedback from um, Yamini and the and the rush team as well is what are the things that you're seeing around you that are genuinely working in terms of fusing that vertical kind of slice yeah, through, slot, said, yeah, yeah which I think is just brilliant those different sed- sedentary layers almost you know yes. in the organization from an age and a career stage point of view what are you seeing that is working really well to to get that kind of generational mix and therefore that innovation opportunity that'd be great to oh, get some yeah. ideas we've yes. seen reverse mentoring happen we and have and it benefits works that yeah. can have what yeah. else is out there so that would be my share the secret oh
1: i love that law right i'm going to do some vertical slicing as well and <laughs> get a different opinion going it's not a cake <laughs> <laughs> We bring on next week and talk about our resilience in order to be able to do that well.
0: Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 there I am in my early 20s. I'm all fired up listening to this podcast. I've then asked if I can speak at the next board meeting and I've been roundly shot down. <laughs> That's where the resilience comes in, <laughs> isn't it? Absolutely, definitely. So tune, tune in to the next episode. We'll look at how to uh, buffer against the storms.
1: <laughs> Excellent. I love that, Law. Have a good one and I'll see you next week.
0: Oh, all right, Diane. I enjoyed that. Love, love you. Bye. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at secretsfromacoach@aol.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And if you're a Spotify listener, give us a rating as it makes it easier for us to share the secret with others.